0: Is the planet's ultimate game there
1: may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses what
0: can happen today
1: we wonder Dissecting the pitch.
2: Hello and welcome into this episode of Dissecting the Pitch here on blazeradioonline.com as well as our podcast platforms on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Gareth Kwok. Happy to, be back here, happy to be back here again on this Friday and I'm joined alongside my co-hosts Edwin Perez and Miller McKinney, the, the usual gentlemen here and uh, uh, you two are looking uh, mighty fine today I gotta say. Uh, how are you both doing today?
1: You know what to say. Uh, we never do second takes on this show, so it's just—it's a great. We're <laughs> doing great over here, uh, just enjoying just a great time alongside uh, my my, uh, you know, great great two people uh, to talk about some good old footy. I'm um, sad that it's not, not live in the studio, but again, the last time we were here doing it over the the Zoom, I got a live prediction a live bet, and I was correct. Although you guys want to discredit it, I got it correct. So. Absolutely great. So how, how about you, Miller? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I was telling Gareth earlier, uh, it's, it's been a bit of a long week. And so I'm glad things are kind of, you know, getting over the hump here and everybody can kind of relax into what they do best. And that is whatever your plans are for the weekend. So personally, my mom is going to be here this weekend. So I'm really excited for that. But other than that, just you know, having a good time and really glad we got to see some more really good Champions League this week. Can't wait for the semifinals.
2: Wow, Christy's going to make an appearance, huh? The Phoenix, huh? Is that is what's 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 the occasion? Special occasion?
0: Uh, yeah,
2: they it, not really
0: that special. She said that uh, she just really wants to see her son. So I guess like <laughs> from the business standpoint, I, I I can understand how that might uh, come into the everyday decision making. So. She's going to be making the trip out here, uh, getting here Friday
2: night and leaving Sunday night. So, All right. Well, a quick trip, quick trip. Mother-son bonding. Got to love that. We got a lot to talk about on this show. We got some Champions League quarterfinal wrap up. We're going to preview the MLS, which uh, begins this weekend. So we're revisiting that and uh, we're going to re- also give our reaction to the updated FIFA world rankings from last week uh, that we weren't able to catch up to, but let's first talk about the, the, the big the elephant in the room, of course, quarterfinal champions league wraps things up. And uh, we had some said, some really good matches from this past week. Let's start off with uh, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. And uh, this was a very uneventful game. You could say, given that there were no goals, a scoreless draw between the two sides, uh, but Real Madrid in the first leg, uh, winning three to one. Therefore, they move on to the semifinals. Um, this was a a matchup here that Liverpool had a lot more shots. They had put on a lot more of the attack on offensive pressure. But in the end, it's Real Madrid's defense that uh, came through uh, here, gentlemen.
1: Uh, absolutely. I think they continued their solid form. I mean, they... It's definitely not the Real Madrid Real Madrid teams of the past that you, you fear to play in the Champions League because you know they would be in the final, but this is still a solid Real Madrid team who's coming off a good El Clasico win um, on the heels of that, so they had the momentum from there and they carried it over here. I mean, the thing for uh, for me, Liverpool was just disappointing the match. They didn't they didn't finish the opportunities. This could have been a game of the first half, but a guy that everyone dreams about that me and Miller are not too high about Mo Salah did not finish a clear chance. And which if he did, that game is wide open and we could be talking about a different ball game, but at the same time, they didn't take their advantages. And Real Madrid had their attacks. I mean, Kareem almost came through and and they just took care of the job. You know, they didn't come out here playing for uh, goals and anything like that. They were there to take care of the lead and that's what they did. So credit Real Madrid for that. And Liverpool, you, you missed out on this. I mean, you had your chances to get into it. You had a few shots. Milner almost with a fantastic shot, but Cortal came up big throughout, throughout the game. So credit Real Madrid, Liverpool, a lot of disappointment, at least in, in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I, and there's one thing uh, that we kind of mentioned earlier. We kind of talked about, you know, if we had watched the games or not. And uh, Gareth, you said that Phil Foden seems to come up in a lot of clutch moments. And that's the one thing that I think if I had to compare Liverpool to Manchester City is that Liverpool don't really have any youth guys in there, not necessarily youth, but younger guys to really spark the team kind of show some passion and get the boys going, especially, you know, they don't have the hunger for goals that they once did uh, this team. So I think that that's something that Liverpool have definitely missed out on, um, especially with some people out in the squad, you know, obviously they, have to look to other options, and they just couldn't get it done. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Real Madrid are looking really good. They're heating up. I mean, you know, they even have some guys out. Arguably, two of their better players are out. You know, Varane and and Ramos have both missed some time with some unfortunate stuff with COVID and whatnot. So, At at full power, the way that this team is playing right now, I'd be really interested to see how they do if they do make it to the Champions League final and have to play probably a Manchester City or PSG team. So I think it'll be really interesting to see, but I did not think Liverpool deserved to be here at all. So it was good to see them kind of forced out in the way that they should have been.
2: Well, Real Madrid, they're heating up at the right time. as You guys talked about 3-1 again on aggregate. I want to touch upon though, and follow up just about Liverpool and just how it it really has been a letdown of a season for them. Very disappointing. Uh, And I think I saw something on Twitter, how they're not going to be winning any trophies this season for a club like them that has had recent, uh, a lot of really good recent success, getting some hardware. Uh, They're not going to get Champions League, no Premier League, of course, and no, any FA Cup League Cup. uh, I mean, just kind of Put it in your own words, but just how would you rank this uh, as amongst, uh, you know, disappointing, you know, seasons and disappointing follow-ups for, for Liverpool? Where did they go from here?
1: If you look at just the cups, obviously you're going to be disappointed. But if you take a step back and realize the injuries, how much they, they've gone through, it seems like when they finally got fully really healthy, someone else got injured. So it seemed like everything wasn't going the way. And, um, I mean, their attack was not the same attack this year for some reason. I don't know if they can get the organization midfield. I mean, Wijnanum, I mean, there was rumors of him going to Barcelona because, you know, he uh, Klobman liked him. He's supposed to be a big midfield. I mean, he's been nowhere. No one's talking about Wijnanum because he's he hasn't contributed. Diogo Alicantra has, I think, carried that team and probably been their best performer all season long alongside Fabinho. And that says something about, that team, especially with all the quality that they have, not only on the team, but on the bench as well. So I think, yes, it's very disappointing when you look at it at like that, but I think a lot of the, uh, realistic fans and pundits will realize this Liverpool team will be back at its, at its fullest next season. I mean, they're gonna probably be healthy. They're gonna get a, a well-needed rest and a reset, and they're still in it for a top four spot. I mean, that Chelsea team is in for a heck of a hard schedule. Leicester City uh, team too, so they make it to Champions League. It's 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 gonna be a, a fully fully in uh, depth squad that's gonna be uh, healthy and ready to go again next year. And we saw how how good they can be, even without their full depth. They made it to the corner. That's I think uh, they deserve props for that. So yes, disappointing for that season, but I mean, there's they still they still can achieve a
0: little bit. And. That would absolutely be the most disappointing part is if they don't make Champions League. I mean, they're in sixth place right now. They're a couple points out of fourth, not a couple, a few. Uh, But the real issue here is, you know, you looked at the start of the season and a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, right around when Van Dyke got hurt, they were like, okay, there's these other guys that Liverpool can fall on to kind of shoulder a little bit of this injury. And then Joe Gomez got hurt, Joel Matip got hurt. Everybody started going down and it, it's just tough. And I think that kind of the reason the offense has been struggling a little bit as well is because they had no worries in the past about how their defense was going to play. Their defense was arguably best defense in the world. They never had to look back twice at you know who they're marking, things like that. Now they're having to be more uh, thoughtful of what they're doing when they're marking their guys, and when they're transitioning from defense to offense, offense to defense, et cetera. And so I think that it's kind of taken a lot out of the players when they've kind of tried to play in the same system, but it hasn't really been working. So I think it's been a little bit frustrating and some people might have given up on it. Uh, so that's why, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, they, they need somebody, they need some of that youth, uh, where two, two big youth players came in this week for Champions League, I mean, Bellingham scored a goal, and, you know, Phil Foden scored a goal. Two massive goals from both players, and those are guys that have been integrated into the senior squads now, and uh, definitely in City's case, you know, you've got a lot of older veterans in there that have been playing the same system uh, with each other other for a couple years now, excuse me, and when you get a guy in there that's really young and hungry and wants to go and can score a goal, it can really lift the team. And I think that that's something that Liverpool have needed all season. And it's just not something that they have available to them. So I think that it's going to be really disappointing to waste all this talent on this team and maybe not be able to make it to Champions League next season.
2: Well, I mean, you know, given that they are serve on the outside looking in, there's, there's still some time for them to make up that ground, but this is, I mean, I think it's a very critical stretch that they have here really in determining kind of their, their future in playing European football moving forward next season. So that will be something to, to monitor. But again, Real Madrid moving on to the champions league semifinals. Let's move on to the second match that uh, both gentlemen were alluding to a little bit, Manchester city and Dortmund city with the two, one victory in leg two on aggregate. They win four to two and, uh, Miller and I, you, we were talking about it, I think before the uh, before the show, but Phil Foden, one of those young guys, just seeming to come through in the clutch. Just seems to be at the right place, right time, it, and it looked like Manchester City throughout this game, uh, just really responded well. They didn't seem phased at all by the, the opening goal by Bellingham by Dortmund. Kind of, what were your thoughts about this one?
0: I think that it it was kind of um, an interesting situation because obviously you know the first leg was so tight. And you don't know what to expect out of the second leg, and so I think that, you know, Dortmund already coming out with the away goal that they had gotten, they were in a good mindset, and they started the game off fast. Uh, they looked like, you know, in the first twenty minutes, they had gotten accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, and you know, it was two-two. And if the score had stayed that way, they they would have won, they would have won the tie, you know. But but that's the thing is, at, at the end of the day, you you have to play seventy more minutes against. You know, arguably one of the best teams in the world. So it is kind of tough for them to be able to kind of play that playing style. The most disappointing thing to me, uh, really, was there, there was not a lot of passage of play through Erling Holland. And, and, you know, that's kind of your guy right now. And he's been on a little bit of a goal drought recently. I think it's six or seven games now where he hasn't scored. So we're really seeing him being tested. Uh, as he hasn't before, getting a little bit frustrated with uh, how he's playing or maybe the team is playing overall. And, I mean, it is what it is. But I I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we all kind of knew that Dorman was probably not going to be able to do what they wanted to do in two legs. I think that, you know, obviously if it was a one-leg tie, then, you know, I'd say, okay, Dorman, have a chance. But I, I think that in two legs, it was just too much to ask for them.
1: Well, Erling Alon's in that drought because his mind's at Barcelona. I think he's preparing for his AC Paella with a good old Messi and uh, who could be coming back Neymar Junior is all I can say. So, uh, um, But when it comes to Man City, at the end of the day, the better squad won. I mean, the style of play that Pep Guardiola uh, emphasizes is obviously beautiful. I mean, that's why he's one of the best coaches in the team the team plays it and the individual quality that they have in that midfield. And I mean, just through all the levels there, it, it's insane. I mean, their defense with Ruben Diaz, it, Ruben Diaz has been performing very well. Midfield with De Bruyne, I mean, absolute amazing player. Phil Foden, we talked about. Uh, Rodrigo also deserves a shout. He's not, he's kind of the guy that doesn't get talked about it enough there. And then the attack, I mean, all three phases are checking for them. So it's, it's going to be, Incredibly great to see that team who I think is very deserving to be in the semifinals. A lot of people would say deserves to be in the finals of the Champions League. So I mean, it, it is tough to see. I was it would have been great to see someone like Erling Alon in that big stage in the Champions League semifinal. It'd have been a good matchup between PSG and Dortmund. Don't get me wrong. And it's something and maybe Dortmund could have gone through within those two legs, but uh I think at the end of the day, that possession style of football under Pep Guardiola was too much that the team pulled through. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne almost had an insane goal that just had to hit off the post. So um, it it started off well for them. I know they're going to look back at that penalty. Oh, that foul that they get that they they felt that was should have been a goal from Jude Bellingham in the first the first leg. So that's going to be the thing they're going to look back at. But a very deserving Man City team, a team that's going to be a semifinalist. Uh, and it's gonna lose, uh, you know. My opinion again. We're not supposed to tip picks, but uh, the Neymar, Neymar, and Mop are gonna be just too much for that uh, team.
2: Hey, 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 hey. That's uh, that's for another episode, okay? Don't, don't, don't leak those types of uh, don't leak that type of intel, all right? Um, but but Miller, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it back to you real quick because uh, you you're one of uh, I think you know many I think that have been very outspoken about uh, Jude Bellingham and, and his play, and so just kind of you know you know sort of. For those who don't know much about him, what, what what's what's so exciting about him and, and as far as what he has to offer?
0: I I think one thing that uh, a lot of people see from youth talent and what are supposed to be, you know, future stars as people would dub them, I think is not only you know like athleticism and things like that because when younger guys go out on the field they they look like they have more of a spring in their step than everybody else does it's just because they don't have as much tread on the tires but i would say the biggest thing is the knowledge of the game that he has that and the way that he's playing it i mean he fits perfectly into a dortmund system that wants to attack 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 and and you know he can The way that he's been able to fit into that midfield with these other older guys and been able to take on a singular kind of role to where if you give him the ball in certain places out wide in the middle, he doesn't look uncomfortable. He looks like he's ready to go. And a lot of people in certain situations, they can kind of look tense. And, you know, you see these other guys like Phil Foden, who's 20 years old. I I mean, it's crazy that he's 20 years old and he's doing this. But Jude Bellingham's 17. And, you know, in 200 something days, and and it's, it's just insane that he's already playing at this level. And I mean, he was able to make an impact against one of the biggest teams in the world. And I think that that's something that a lot of people have a tough time with. I mean, Erling Holland is, you know, he's in just barely in his twenties and, and he didn't score. I mean, you know, and he's supposed to be the next one of the next greatest players in the world. So it's just interesting to see the way that people can kind of flow and, how their mental game can fit into the style of play and things like that. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, they can kind of let it eat them up. And I I don't think that he's going to be uncomfortable at all wherever he goes. So I think that's something to just watch as, as, you know, you put together athletic talent and knowledge of the game. I think that he's been able to mix in well with a lot of people that he's played with. So
2: Jude Bellingham, remember the name, says uh, Miller McKaney. Uh, moving, moving forward, uh, let, let's, let's talk about uh, Porto versus Chelsea in our next match from the quarterfinals. And this is a, a Porto win, actually, on, in the second leg by a, a score of 1-0. But on aggregate, Chelsea advances 2-1 to the semifinals. And, uh, it was a pretty nice, I'm sure you both probably saw the bicycle kick. It was a pretty nice bicycle kick by, uh, let's see. It was by, uh, Taremi in the extra time. So it was a little bit too late, of course, but a pretty nice kick. But, uh, it seemed like at the end of the day, that Chelsea defense, um, just really, I mean, it just gave Porto problems. They didn't look like they were able to break through.
1: Yeah, uh, credit to that squad. Um, Before I do talk, uh, you talk about Jude Bellingham. I think uh, Miller's guy is Edward Kamabanga. So get that that straight. That's the guy that Miller wants you to remember. But at the end of the day, when it comes to this Chelsea squad, credit to Thomas Tuchel. I mean, I was definitely a naysayer when they hired him. But now that move's looking more brilliant. I don't know if the players are just motivated under that new coach who allows them to play more to their style and more freely to what they want other than uh, something that Frank Lampard was very strict on his way. So credit to that. That defense has stepped up, I mean, not only in the Champions League, but also in league play. I mean, the stats have been impressive. It speaks for itself, so credit there. Uh, The big question will be the attack and how they can go against this uh, Real Madrid defense that I'm assuming Varane and Sergio Ramos will be back. I mean, those two guys are going to be anchors. And I mean, that whole, that whole, I mean, Mendy as well in there, that, that defense is going to be a huge test for Chelsea. As it comes for Porto, I think it's disappointing. I mean, this was a Cinderella team. You face the squad you could honestly beat. I mean, you beat them in the second leg, but you, you set off the tone badly in the first leg. You didn't give yourself a good fighting chance and in the second leg. Your attack was, was there here and there, but uh, you just never you never looked good in the final third of the pitch, and then it took all the way to the end to get that beautiful bicycle kick. It was more probably of a frustration kick from him just letting it, letting it rip, and it, and it worked out. So what a goal. But for Chelsea, it's going to be the big question is um, how are you going to defeat that Real Madrid defense and uh, who, where are you going to put your eggs in the basket? You're your fifth in the Premier League. Uh, you want to play Champions League football next year, but, I mean, this is probably the best chance you're going to have going to the finals and winning the Champions League, but also you're in the FA Cup semifinal against Man City. So you have all that, and you have to put your focus on some things more than others. So it's going to be interesting for them. I think it's going to be all in this Champions League, especially the chance Real Madrid squad is not that deep. I mean, they're good, but they're not amazing. It's a, it's a squad you can beat in two leagues, so it's going to be interesting in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I mean for all the reasons listed above and all the reasons listed now. Uh, I think that uh, obviously both of these teams kind of struggle with their offensive output a little bit and they're not very attacking. I mean, Chelsea would like to be, uh, but you know, sometimes the dice just don't fall that way. So I I think that, you know, looking at it, obviously it wasn't a very high scoring matchup and it shouldn't have been. So I... (laughs) It's one of those things where I think Porto got a little bit lucky because, you know, that Juventus team that they beat is not very well put together. There's not a whole lot of glue there. Uh, so I, I think that the really tough thing was, you know, winning that. And uh, it's, it was a great, you know, accomplishment for them, for, you know, the team to move on and things like that. But then to go and play a team that's been performing well and is a little bit more constructed to play the way that they should be playing, I think that it was tough to go out there and lose to this Chelsea team because, I mean, they are beatable, but uh, the way Porto played just didn't seem like that there was a whole lot of hope out there after the first leg. It just seemed like, you know, everybody was moving a little bit slow, a little, a little passive. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of the problem in some of these games is that somebody's going to go out there and be the difference maker. And that's what this league is all about. And neither of these teams really have that difference maker. If you ask me right now. So.
2: Well, it was, it was kind of the, uh, we, we thought it would be one of those games that maybe all right. It could be one of those, maybe a high scoring affair at all, or maybe Porto could surprise. I mean, one or the other, but it, I think it, it's fair to say that underwhelmed a little bit, but Chelsea won't be complaining uh, that they're moving on to the, the semifinals. And then the, the the last match that we're going to talk about, I'm sure Edwin's got a lot of thoughts to talk about. Miller's got a lot of things to get off his chest here. It's a Bayern PSG. Bayern winning the second leg by a score of one to nil, but on aggregate PSG wins on away goals, three to three. Uh, both teams with a lot of really good opportunities, and, and, and the goalkeeper play was was good on both sides. But uh, PSG's defense, uh, the, <laughs> Neymar and Mbappe, the, their their journey will continue against the defending champs. Uh, let's start with uh, Mr. Edwin Perez.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, like I said last year, this is why Bayern Munich wasn't the great. Girl- greatest team and they won all that trophies but they never got it they got a cupcake walk and then they got lucky final and then this is what happens here they get outclassed by a psg team and i said it i said it after the first leg they will not get as many chances this game and what happened that defense and midfield stepped up of PSG, a midfield that Miller is very against. And I know Miller, Miller's looking bad, but that that midfield stepped up as much as you want to discredit PSG, and I know Miller will. Um, that that team stepped up in a huge way. They played they played solid. I mean, there was times, yes, it was a little weak and they they had their lapses, but uh this this team was this team was absolutely huge. I mean, that that attack by Byron wasn't that's special. I mean, the Shupa Motin goal was kind of iffy at best. I mean, uh, now I mean Leroy Sané uh, had a few chances he could have put away, but uh, he clearly didn't. So, I mean, as much as I know Miller's gonna discredit this PSG win, I, I the squad has has all the talent to win it. I mean, they got the attack. Their defense stepped up huge without Marquinhos, their best defender all season long. Kayla Navas absolutely huge in this in this league. Legs, And he played better than Manuel Neuer, as much as you want to discredit that team. He stepped up huge. And Neymar, again, I know Miller is very against Neymar at times. He was the best player on that pitch during that game by by quite quite a distance. So it was a huge performance for him in that squad.
0: Well, I will say, at the end of the day, you were right. You said that there wouldn't be as many shots, and I disagreed with you, and I was wrong. So I'll just put that out there. I was wrong. Uh, I will say that Neymar had a really good first half, but could have easily, easily, easily had a hat trick. And one of the commentators, not one of the commentators, one of the analysts on, I guess now it's Paramount Plus, which is really unfortunate, Uh, but (laughs) one of the analysts on Paramount Plus after the game said that you know, obviously Neymar could have scored all these goals and he didn't, and that's the difference between Neymar and these other great players. Messi would have scored the three goals at the end of the day. Like I, it, it's just it's just my thing is it's a, like I, it's so easy to love him and he's a good player, great player. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I don't think I think he just needs to do a little bit more to be up there. But anyway, uh, there is something I do want to say about <laughs> Neymar's reaction to the end of this game. Don't know if you boys heard his post-game comments. We uh, did see. We them, did see. We did see that. Yeah. Uh, about uh, singing to a girl all night long. Are you are you familiar with that? Oh, not that. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. It looks like Edwin's familiar with that one. Ne- Neymar was apparently uh, apparently caught saying that his lesson to Bayern Munich was that you can sing to a girl all night long, but a guy can come and take her in five minutes. And, <laughs> and, and that was his lesson to Bayern that, you know, they controlled the game and, and I, I mean, he's kind of saying it, like, he knows they played the better game, but at the end of the day, they had the better chances, which I'll agree with, you know, they should have scored and, you know, they won. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they probably deserve to win, but, It's just frustrating because, you know, the thing that I will say is that all of these people can go out there and say, oh, you know, Byron wasn't that good. You know, Byron isn't the best team in the world, like Edwin said. But the thing is, you take out arguably, not arguably, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, the best goal scorer in the world. At this time, and he's not playing, and they have to put in their, you know, four-star high school recruit back there. Promoting, <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not a four-star recruit, obviously, but he's not the guy that you want starting in the Champions League quarterfinals against PSG. Let's be honest. So if you put in, you put in a guy like Robert Lewandowski, this is a totally different two legs. So this is a totally different. We're having a different conversation right now. Byron's going to the final the thing but, is but he's not there which is the tough thing to swallow
1: but that's- also with Lewandowski this Byron squad has dropped ugly losses in the league that's the thing is people don't talk about their league form a lot because people like to uh, praise them when they're at their best but don't like to talk it when they're at their worst yes with- Geez, also not at the top of their table either. <laughs> I know, but they're working
0: on their way. Hey, they're in the Champions League semifinal. I think they'll take that. No, no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, they at the end of the, at the end of the day, man. They, they won. They played better. I think in the second leg, uh, a lot better than they did in the first. And they just they did not. You, you know, Byron didn't capitalize on any of the chances that they had. Um, But, you know, they are where they are. And so now I'm going to be really interested to see because they're going to have to go play this Man City team that does have a good midfield, that does have a good attack, and does have a good defense and actually really well-put-together team like Bayern. But right now they have all three phases and they don't have any injuries to worry about that are that bad. The only guy that I would say that Man City are really missing out on here is Raheem Sterling, and that's because he's been in pretty awful form recently. That's why he hasn't been starting the Champions League game. So I don't think it's really that big of an issue, though, either. So I, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see. And we're going to talk about this PSG midfield as soon as this Manchester City team is ready to roll up on them. So I'm just saying you wait. But, Edwin, I will give you the credit. This time, you were right.
1: Yeah, I mean, That midfield stepped up against the best team in Europe and the most organized team. So I guess they <laughs> took them away. And I think my final point is, it, all the naysayers are Neymar are funny to me, as it's just the thing is, if he misses any chance, they're at his throat. They're at his throat. When Ronaldo, when Ronaldo has that same game, when Ronaldo has that same game, everyone talks about how he's a goat and how he moved the ball very well, which Neymar did. He created attacks that shouldn't have been there. Like Neymar did, and he did well oh, across both leagues.
0: About that, Edwin, though, is like Ronaldo has been more reliable over the years. When he's needed to be clutch, he's been clutch. When he had, he hasn't been injured for X amount of games. Like there's not the reliability there for Neymar that there is for Ronaldo. Uh,
1: for injuries, I'll give you that there he has been reliable on that. But when you look at performances in the big games, he has truly shown up more than sometimes Ronaldo. I mean, League in the Euro League. Championship, well, quite possibly one of his biggest games. I didn't <laughs> see Ronaldo on that field. I saw Eders the one who stepped up. Well, it's Neymar true. got the, I mean, he's been showing up in all Champions League. A big reason why they made it last year in the final oh. was Neymar. A big reason why they they made it to this semifinal against the Bayern Munich team, everyone called the best team, was well, because of Neymar. When you watch the game, the shots that he should have made. Some of them were insane plays that he had to set up. There, were, He had to beat three defenders and then get the final shot.
0: Very fair, and I give yeah. him credit for that. But you, you got to finish some of those chances. No,
1: but one chance he should have finished for sure was the one-on-one with Neuer, which I'll give 100%. But there was other, other chances were absolutely hard, and anyone who's talking-ish about it, you try that Neymar play, and then we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. If you can pull that off, the only people who can talk is Matt Messi – Ronaldo, probably Lewandowski, and that's it. Absolutely.
2: That's gentlemen, gentlemen, I hate to I hate to come in between you two. Uh, this is where my paycheck's finally getting making the most of it here. Uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> let's we touched upon PSG, Manchester City a little bit. How about just initial reaction Real Madrid, Chelsea before we move on to our next topic?
1: Uh it's going to be great to see who faces PSG in the final. I think for me it's going to be a I think it's gonna be Chelsea. As much as I know, oh. I
2: know Miller's gonna. No, don't, pick. don't reveal your pick. Oh
1: my, too late. No, no, late. no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not. This, this is not my definite pick, but I think at the end of the day, the defense of Chelsea stepping under what Tuchel is has been impressive. I think this Real Madrid attack, uh, Real Madrid attack, has been questionable. Kareem Benzema has has bailed him out at games, but there's some days he can't do that. And Vinicius Jr. was a big reason why he moved on, and Vinicius only shows up once in a while so I don't think that's going to happen against the Chelsea squad but that's what's going to make it intriguing if that fully healthy Real Madrid uh, squad and they're still clicking on form then my pick might be a Real Madrid at the end of the day
0: well yeah because I mean these games you know they're going to be two weeks from now so who knows you're right like who who knows how either of these teams are going to be playing who knows if they're going to be fully healthy who knows if somebody's going to get COVID you know so it's it's tough to say but I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be weird because the last time that we've seen these two teams play each other in champions league was, you know, when Ronaldo was still playing for, for Real Madrid and, and, you know, probably Drogba and, you know, some players were playing for Chelsea and Petr Cech and people like that. So very different style then and now very different players, very different era. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how it goes.
1: And all I gotta say is oh, I'm getting God. I'm getting hated on this panel. Uh, who, who had the most right picks in the Champions League? <laughs> who was the most right about all this? And you're gonna be ish for my takes. So yeah, think
2: about what y'all say because at the end of the day, who was right about all this?
1: Bingo, go, baby. Oh, Take one of my picks. <laughs>
2: We'll get into our in-depth preview next week. Don't worry, and, and when, once we have our, our last show of the semester, uh, we we'll, we'll definitely have to revisit this debate uh, uh, once again. But now let's let's talk about the MLS. That's right, Major League Soccer is returning this weekend in a new season. Um, Columbus FC, they're the defending MLS Cup champions, but. Of course, you know, new season a lot of new things can happen new guys coming in there's some teams that sort of underwhelmed a little bit overwhelmed sort of in the in in the bubble from Orlando of course um, from this past year and now things are starting to look a little bit more uh, like uh, like how it usually is um, but just kind of. Oh this is a very open question for you both but just kind of you know MLS is back kind of what are your 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 kind of your initial initial thoughts of just how the season might go uh for for really both conferences the western conference eastern conference just kind of what what, what comes to mind uh,
1: Gareth, uh, you gave me a lot of shtick for my Champions League, so I want to hear who you think is gonna win the Western and Eastern. So, so I can learn from your knowledge. So, <laughs> tell me, tell me what's gonna happen with this Western and Eastern in the MLS and what we can expect this season.
2: Well, I I gotta say that's the Seattle the Seattle team always looking very consistent and on the West, and they always seem like they're gonna make a always gonna make a deep run in the the final four or so. So that that's definitely I think their consistency to to look out for their attacks going to step up for Seattle. Oh yeah. You're going to, we're, we're going to play this game, huh? (laughs) Oh, Oh, we're going to play. (laughs) Oh, okay. We're going to play this game. Uh, I know Rui, Rui Rui Diaz is one of those guys. It's uh, very impressive. There you go. Um, Uh, check. Yeah, No, no, I appreciate that. Absolutely. (laughs) That's, that's maybe like the one guy I know on that team, but that, you know, I'll admit it. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, the East coast wise, Philadelphia had a great year. Uh, coming off a very solid uh so- solid season um Columbus reigning champs can't count them out as well so I mean that's that's just at the very surface uh for for at least some for my thoughts
1: you're right absolutely I just had to check I had to learn from you I mean you gave me thank a lot of listen I take it for Miller because Miller respectfully so deserves to give me some stick but uh, I just had to check on our host sometimes who uh doesn't give his opinion but uh when it comes to the MLS in this season, I think it's going to be an exciting season because in the coconut Cap champions, League, all five MLS teams that are still in it are, are still going to move through to the next, uh, to the next round. And that's a huge thing. A lot of people who don't understand MLS don't understand how big it is to beat the league of MX teams. I mean, these league of MX teams typically run, run through the MLS squads in the Concacaf cap champions leagues for. So the quality of the play from this team has been great from the start so they're going to carry over to the season i mean teams like philadelphia and Columbus already has a 4-0 aggregate in their in their leg. so toronto fc pulled up uh, uh, pulled it off against leon they it was a little bit of trouble but they came back in that league so i mean this, the squads are going to be there i mean gareth you mentioned some uh, great squads i'm surprised you didn't mention lafc a big favorite a lot of people love their the attackers there and what, and what they can do with uh, Rossi and all that. But
2: uh, I can't reveal all the teams and then wouldn't, then I got to give you some, some, some room too, you know?
1: And I thought you may have read it from what you were looking at, but I thought LAFC would be on top of that list. But uh, I mean, you mentioned there at Philadelphia, NYC FC, who typically dominates the regular season, but uh, typically chokes during the, the final part of the season is going to be huge, but I mean, there's, some, there's going to be some interesting teams to watch, like Minnesota. Are they going to be the, one of those big five teams who get established and get the results year to year? I mean, they had such a good season last year. Can they still continue that and be one of those clubs? Or are they going to fall off? Maybe like the Houston, <laughs> Houston Dynamo, who typically was big, but they have been kind of going on the fall every year. But, I mean, they just got bought out by a bull, partly owned by Stu Holden now, so – there's going to be some interesting squads. I'm not going to reveal my picks because I know uh, we're going to do some picks later on, but uh, there, there's some exciting squads. I mean, Chicharito, I think he's going to have a, a huge year. Someone, Joseph Martinez, who's going to come back this year. There's some big headlines in
0: MLS this season. So do I just go
2: over all of it or do I just – what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, why, why don't you talk about the the, the, t- the teams that the teams that are gonna that are gonna contend for this year? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we started talking about players. I thought I had missed some. I thought I had missed uh, your your leadoff question for you know we we're gonna do some picks here and stuff like that. So oh, I got, we will.
2: Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, but just I a- got scared. I didn't know if I was. No, like no What are the, the storylines? I'll explain to you. I
1: just had to set headlines. I know Gareth was mentioning teams, but no players, so I had to mention some. Oh, okay. you are so, some like, to Yeah, input. exactly. So yeah. yeah, so I tried to set up those headlines for you to hit hit a home run. You know.
0: Dude, yeah, just absolutely toss me a softball. I love that. All right, so just some teams that, you know, we, we really like. And, you know, we try not to be very straightforward on the show. We try not to go and, and give these picks that everybody on the street can give you. You know, we're trying to give you some expert picks here. That's why you listen to the show. So some teams that we really like, and I'll give you some teams we really don't like. Uh, but a surprise team, and actually – kind of one of my contenders for for a uh, award that we're going to talk about in a little bit is going to be Orlando City. You know, the team that hosted uh, the bubble for a little bit and things like that. They, um, they're returning nine of their 11 starters, and they also got a pretty big addition. Like I said, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I like this team a lot. They kind of performed – uh, a lot better than a lot of other teams would have thought you know a lot of people kind of the last couple of years since Orlando City has entered the league obviously they had Kakao before and they had some other guys come in and out that they felt good about but they really thought that this team was on the downward spiral on last year they kind of tried to pick themselves up a little bit out of it and did a little bit better than other people expected so I'm saying that that Orlando team is going to be pretty decent. Um, Some other teams just to kind of look out for, obviously Columbus crew, you know, did uh, pretty well for themselves as, you know, some people would say. Uh, But I, I think that they're going to have a little bit more of a down year this year. I think that they're going to, you know, obviously it's pretty hard to repeat, especially in this league. So I'm going to say that they're going to have a pretty tough season this season. I'll be really interested to see how Miami does. Uh, because, you know, obviously that's a team that's still kind of coming together, being put together and all this kind of stuff. And they have a big narrative around them, around, you know, obviously the owner of the team and who's going to be the manager and things like that. And if they're going to bring in these superstars like Luis Suarez or just some absolute nonsense, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, that'll be another team to look out for. I'm pretty excited to see what Cincinnati has to offer this season. Um, You know, they're one of those teams that are also new as well. Um, but, you know, you never know. And then the the last team I kind of want to touch on here is a team that, you know, obviously is one that you can never count out, especially when it comes to the playoffs, and that's going to be the Portland Timbers. I'm going to be really interested to see how they play this year as well. Um, They're one of those teams kind of like Seattle or Toronto that it seemed like they're always kind of there and they've got some really good experience on that team, especially coaching wise. So I think they'll, they'll be another team to look out for as well.
2: All right, let's 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 do a little rapid fire here. Under the radar team, Miller, you talked about them just a little bit earlier ago, but who's your under the radar team and why?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Orlando as my under the radar team. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and come out and say it. I'll, I'll give my pick later, too, when you ask for it. But they signed Alexander Pato from the Chinese League. Big, big, big sweat in FIFA from all those years ago. <laughs> really wanted him to be good and reach his full potential on or on AC Milan, rather. And then, you know, obviously he kind of had his ups and downs, wound up in China, and here he is now. Um, it, it's kind of a pick somebody else had that I had been reading about the last couple of days, you know, especially because the MLS is about to start up. But I think, you know, since this team is returning a lot of their starters, nine out of the 11, and they're adding some offense to it, that's never a bad thing. A lot of people don't see this team really coming from anywhere. And that's where teams kind of thrive, you know, is when you don't have a really big spotlight on you. You not a lot of people expect a lot out of you. You can make a big run. So I think that I'm going to go with Orlando City as my under-the-radar team.
1: I like it. Alongside Nani, that attack is going to be crazy to deal with. So A lot of Portuguese is going to get spoken in that locker room. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. I, I truly enjoy that pick. Um, I'm going to give a really quick shout-out to Chicago Fire. I think they're going to have a solid year, but because um, I think with the squad that they're building, they, they haven't been in that spotlight, as Miller mentioned. So I think with the players that they're slowly building – but for me, I think there's always one team that does well in their new season, and the team that we haven't touched on is Austin FC. I think they're gonna show out this season a little, little bit. I think people are, are not expecting. I think the city's very excited to see what they have. the The, the whole energy of, of the whole city is it around them. They got squad players now. Don't get me wrong. If I said any of these names, Gare probably would be asking me questions. Am I making up FIFA names? Miller will probably be confused because they're not, they're not the biggest names, but the thing is they're going to have the chance to be a starting 11. I mean, a lot of these calls are going to, a lot of these players are going to prove themselves. So I think that's going to be a huge aspect. And I think they're going to be a player this season.
2: All right, let's, let's get into the big one here. The MLS cup final. What's your, your two prediction. uh, And who's, who's the champion for the MLS cup for this season?
1: Uh, very quickly, I'll give my champion. I'm trying to think of the other side, but I'll, I'll give champions so Miller can go just, just so we don't, we're doing rapid fire. Uh, New England Revolution, a team we haven't talked about yet, but they have Bruce Arena at, at, at the helm. He knows how to win, at least in the American, American kind of play. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have what it takes for international. I mean, the international team knows about that. But that, and they have players like uh, Carlos Gill. I think they're going to be huge, a team that's underrate, uh, underrated. They're un, under the scope. They're going to have to face against teams like Portland Timbers who does typically well, but I think they're going to be my pick to the championship. Now I'm going to pick my other team, but Miller, you can, you can pick your final.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go a Eastern uh, East coast matchup here for the final. Uh, And it's going to be, I'm going to really regret this, but I'm going to go with the Philadelphia union. They're pretty up there. They, they, they're one of those teams that, you know, if you look at a lot of power rankings and stuff like that, and i not saying I do, but if you look at a lot of power rankings power and stuff like that, they're uh, they're higher up on people's lists for uh, the reason that they're, they're kind of another under the radar team for a lot of people that are really thinking about powerhouses and stuff right now, but they're definitely a team that also uh, towards last the end of last year was heating up a lot. So we'll see if they can continue that at the start of the season. And I think that they're going to be, showing out against the Minnesota Loons in the final. Uh, Minnesota, especially in the playoffs last year, looked really, really good. And they're honestly a really exciting, high-power offense, really, really good team to watch, especially, you know, if you're going to have to sit down and watch MLS soccer. So I think that, you know, obviously they got some good talent on that team as well. So I'm going to have those two teams be in my final, and I'm going to have Minnesota winning it. Wow,
1: very bold from you, bud. I, I like it, but I, like I'm going is- to do my other, my other final pick really quick So I didn't get my other final pick. I know you, it's smart to go Portland Timbers. It's smart to go Seattle Sounders. I'm going to go with Sporting KC, a team that I've been able to just go see in person. They face Phoenix Rising in the preseason. I think it's a team that's not well talked about, but they are always there in the playoffs. They typically have an impact. It's just getting there to the final. And I think this is going to be the year to take that big step up against a new England revolution team that, but I think revolution will end up being the champion.
2: All right. Last, but last two here, golden boot winner and MVP. Who, who, who's winning the golden boot? Who's winning the MVP?
1: No, this is where it gets tough because it can be anyone in the league. Now I'm going to go with the pick that, uh, it could get the comeback player of the year as well. As as much as uh he, Joseph? he it, What? Joseph. Yeah, there we go. He knows comeback player of the year. I think that Atlanta team, after what injuries-wise, they had a bad start, but without Joseph Martinez, you saw how much that Atlanta team missed him. So I think Joseph Martinez stepping back in that attack that should be better with everyone healthy. A good, uh, the, he, he's got a good midfield behind him, so I think Joseph Martinez should be the golden boot this year. I'll give it off to you because I'm gonna have a bold pick for MVP, and uh, <laughs> I know Greg Gareth's gonna get a uh, shake his head, so you he can go first here. Really.
0: I, I've got Alexander Pato, a guy that I kind of highlighted earlier. Nobody really knows if he's gonna stay healthy, uh, how he's gonna fit in with the team, anything like that, but if he's anything like his playing style was, uh, you know before a couple of years ago, then I, I think he, he could be a guy that could easily slot into this league and benefit from the uh, the style of play. I mean, you know, he he's an experienced guy and usually experienced guys do pretty well in this league. So I, I'm going to go over to him and I'm going to say, you know, a lot of people, especially when they join the team or not join the team, but join the league players and clubs, they tend to do really well at the start of their career in the MLS. So I'm going to go with Alexander Pato is mine. Your Golden
1: Boot or MVP as well? Golden Boot. Okay. Uh, do you have an MVP pick or do you want me to go first?
0: I want you to go first. <laughs> okay.
1: Now, there's a lot of players you should pick. If you're a better, you, you you should honestly take a Carlos Avella, a Josef Martinez, a Alejandro Pozuela. I mean, there's so many great players in the MLS. I'm going to go bold, though, a little bit. I'm going to talk about a player that had a great uh, great season last year, and I think he's going to follow it up, and that is in Diego Rossi. I mean, it, it, yeah, I think he probably had one of the better seasons overall over t- uh, over 12 goals. I think it was 14. Don't quote me on that. I don't have his exact stats up and over three assists. So he over- and he, he missed a few games, too. So I think in a full season, he's healthy with the squad that he's playing with. I think Diego Rossi could be the MVP. And that's a little bit bold. Again, if you're you should pick a Martinez, a Chicha, but I'm going to go Diego Rossi.
0: I'm going to go with Carlos Vela, nice and simple. Uh, I mean, I, I try not to, like, I try to go out of the box a little bit, but sometimes it's a little bit too much. I could feel myself starting to kind of get to the deep water there. So we're going to pull the road back to shore and we're going to go with a sensible pick and Carlos Vela.
2: Carlos Vela MVP, Diego Rossi. Well, this should be, it should be an interesting season to follow for MLS, uh, guys coming in guys coming out, but, uh, but let's, let's move on as we are getting under the, the final stretch here as uh, we move on to this show. And uh, we, let's take a look at the very quickly, the updated FIFA world rankings from these were the rankings from back uh, last week. Actually, I should say uh, back on April 7th of 2021 uh, after they, after the international break, then FIFA decided that we'll update the rankings here. Uh, although the top five remains unchanged between Belgium, France, Brazil, England and Portugal and Spain at six Uh, seven through 10. It's a little bit interesting as, as uh, Italy moves up to seventh, Argentina goes down to eighth Uruguay, ninth Denmark, 10th with Mexico, 11th Germany, 12th Switzerland, 13th. Uh, But the big jump is Italy moving from 10 to seven uh, and really the only big big drop off was Mexico going from nine to 11. So they're going outside the top 10, but other than that, not a, a huge jump for most, but it was Italy uh, going top three. Now. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably don't have much to say about the top five, given that there was no changes or top six, I should say, given there were no changes, but how about Italy making that push now uh, to seven?
1: I mean, they're a great team. They're bouncing back from what uh, the world, uh, not making the world cup. But for me, uh, and a lot of the international fans, we don't look at these rankings because they're absolutely trash. I mean, they, there's so much recency biases and just weird numbers. Belgium, you cannot tell me Belgium is the number, team, number one team in the world right now. This France team would be Belgium. This Brazil team, I think, would be Belgium. There's a few teams that would, and there's just so much recency biasness, and they're trying to set it up where it looks good for the Euro. I mean, there's no South America team except for Brazil up there, but I... I guarantee you, Argentina or why are probably better than Spain and Portugal right now after their recent results and all that. So my my results, I mean, eh, I mean Denmark number ten that that tells you how much these rankings are true. As much as Germany has been playing bad, I guarantee you, Denmark versus Germany, Germany's gonna whoop them 4-1 probably right now. So I mean, here, here and there, you can take it with a grain of salt th- those rankings and everything. I mean, as an American fan, you're you're focused on being number twentieth. Uh, that that's great to see. But uh, for me, my, my my overall reaction, Jamaica 45, they're going to push up very high. I think they're going to jump up at least 10 if they figure out their passport situations and a good run that they're going to have in the Gold Cup.
0: Okay. Um, I, I'm like Edwin. I kind of like looking at, you know, the smaller teams and, you know, how they're moving a little bit. I, I, I think that Belgium and France should be at the top. Uh, I don't know, obviously, if Belgium is one. It's so hard to say really and truly who's number one in the world because, you know, it's a hypothetical, really. You don't know how these teams match up against each other, who plays, who doesn't. Um, But anyway, I think Italy, obviously, you know, I mean, them not taking a part of, you know, the international scene a a few years ago now uh, has been really tough for them because, you know, teams like them – and, you know, the Netherlands have been kind of having some downtimes where, you know, they've had the talent there, but they haven't really been able to output what they want to uh, the way that their squad should be with how much recognition a lot of other countries give them in the international setting. So I think that it's interesting that Italy's moved all the way back up to seven. Obviously, you know, these rankings, there's got to be somebody in somewhere with some sort of bias. But um, I think it's really interesting where some of these guys are, you know, I mean, Denmark hopped mexico i don't know if that's that's a little interesting but but the teams that i have liked to see move up are you know obviously the usa has moved up to 20 sweden and wales are in the higher teens um but i mean people are saying switzerland's better than croatia i mean come on get out of here you know, so I, it's just interesting, but the you know at the end of the day, I it just looking at this list, all it does is just makes me excited to see some international competition again, and we're getting real close to that. So.
1: Bingo! I mean, this number supposedly eleven team lost to a Wales team with their B squad. So I mean, <laughs> you can take it with a grain of salt. These rankings clearly, so that's all I gotta say.
2: Well, it certainly provokes a lot of discussion. I think that's what that, that's another reason that's another reason for rankings they, they provoke discussion, uh, a lot of debate but though again very quick update to the FIFA World rankings again you can't take you can't take too much of it until major international competitions come into play which they will be uh, very soon. but uh, let's go to our last two segments because I, I did hear we have a very extensive Edwin segment today. Well first our quick Miller time picks what do you got for us this weekend?
0: Man, I'll tell you what, I got some really interesting stuff. And it's tough because, you know, as much as I'd like to be able to say, oh, here's my Champions League picks for the week. There's no Champions League on next week, so it's really tough. Uh, but, you know, obviously we're coming down to the end of the stretch here in, as terms of domestic leagues go. And we're going to focus on the Premier League a little bit. West Ham at 4.30 in the morning on Saturday, April 17th. Arizona time are playing Newcastle who have been having a pretty tough run recently. A lot of draws, not been able to win a whole lot of games. I mean, it is Newcastle, but West Ham, you know, they're trying to lock up their spot uh, in you know, the top four and they're trying to kind of extend their cushion a little bit. So I would definitely say the way West Ham have been playing, there is no reason to bet against them. So I'm betting West Ham money line this weekend. Pretty sure it's a lock. Um <laughs> Another really interesting game that I wouldn't tell anybody to probably watch, but, like, you can if you want. Wolves are playing Sheffield United, the team that just has barely won any game this season. They've already been relegated (laughs) pretty much. Wolves are having a pretty tough season as well. But I'm actually going to go a draw on this game. I think it's going to be a pretty terrible game to watch. Very boring. Not a whole lot of chances on either side of the field. Very low quality of play here. But I'm going to go with a tie in that game. And then That's we're going to move on.
2: That's got to be some good money
0: there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know we love a good tie on this show. Lots of, lots of plus values there. Um, and then my – unfortunately, oh, my God. My last pick here is going to be kind of a spicy one a little bit. Uh, Edwin, your boy, Jerry Walker, his, his team's playing on Monday against Liverpool. Leeds is facing Liverpool. Leeds is in pretty good form recently, one three and drawn one and lost one out of the last five, uh, whereas, you know, Liverpool have actually done pretty sort of similar, uh, similar numbers there. So I, I think it'll be a pretty – Pretty interesting game to watch as far as it goes. There should be some goals scored in here. So that's going to be the opposite of the Wool Sheffield game that I told you about earlier. We're taking Leeds' money line in this one. We're saying Leeds are going to win this game to absolutely crush Liverpool's chances to be top four. Absolutely agree. Wow. That,
1: that, that's a smart pick. That's not even a dumb pick. That's a smart pick. I agree. I absolutely. like those picks. Yeah, uh-huh. but uh, you guys won't be blessed with my picks. I focus on a segment, so I'm sorry.
2: I'm, I'm ready to get Uh-oh. absolutely. Uh-oh. He's got a, he's got an extensive fire. segment. He's <laughs> he set to carve th- out some time for him this for this segment. So I'm anxious. Oh. What you got for us?
1: Absolutely. So, I know Gareth's going to have to cut some for time, but we'll try to rush it as much as
2: possible. It's okay. This is this is for the podcast now. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So don't worry, people. Don't, ru- don't need to rush. Okay. So we're going to have some trivia. Now, I'm not going to tell you the theme of the trivia. You'll get it as we go along, but we're going to have trivia. We're going to go bounce back and forth. If, if Gareth gets it wrong, Miller, you can steal. If not, I'll reveal the answer. Yada, yada, yada. So, uh, so it's another trivia game between you two. So are you guys prepared for it?
2: <laughs> um yeah we we definitely came in prepared I've never absolutely
0: been ready in my entire life
2: go no, listen you guys got to be ready
0: because, i'm
1: ready because this is something that you guys have been part of so you need to know this so gareth my first question is to you and uh the quote i'm gonna tell you a quote you're gonna have to tell me who said this it, it the quote reads gareth is not here with us right now he is a legend and i hope he is developing well on his loan." Who said that on a dissecting the pitch, uh, pitch podcast? Uh, you did, Miller. You have a chance to steal. Oh,
0: I have a chance to steal.
1: No, nope.
0: I'm gonna say I did.
1: Let me play the audio and you'll see.
0: Well, uh, but I know these two are absolutely world class, world class podcasters, so it's an honor to be on.
1: That's right. The man that I, I played a little bit afterwards. I apologize. I should have set that up better. But that was Griffin Peters. That is right. A guess. Wow. Uh, and so I, I brought back an old episode that Miller, you, me, and Griffin had while Garrett was on loan. So. Yeah, uh, I really
0: that happened.
1: So I think now you understand the theme of this trivia. Oh boy. A little oh, bit boy. So uh, <laughs> so Miller, this one is a little bit of a funny one for me. Uh with the, with the choice of PSG, Bayern Munich, and Atletico Madrid, which team did Gareth choose to play with Alex Hunter in FIFA 19 The Journey? Oh. <laughs> That's a FIFA fanatics one right there, baby. Oh, wow, you did some you did some digging, man. I did some digging.
0: Dude, I'm going to go with Atletico Madrid. Not a whole lot of attacking prowess up there. I figured Gareth wants to star at the top. Let me play the audio.
2: If you're on PSG, you'll be playing kind of 2nd fiddle with Neymar and
1: Mbappe. No!
2: no. They, already have, they already have so many stars like Lewandowski and James. And so I think Atletico Madrid, I know they got Griezmann, um, but I think that I mean, other than him as like a big, you know, superstar
1: as far as an attacker, like there isn't anyone that is like a big superstar, you know. And so then Alex. So that's his play. long reasoning, but you're
0: right.
2: Atlético Madrid wasn't. <laughs> <that he> <laughs> the when
0: you played it, I thought that he was like PSG. and to be playing second fiddle to like Neymar and Mbappe and It was like what an idiot. But like, I'm really glad
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you I, like that.
1: You like that? You, you like to hear your old, old voice, FIFA fanatic voice,
2: right there. My voice is a little higher, but yeah, no, that I, I think I did. Re- I do remember choosing Atletico Madrid. That's why I was like, "Oh crap!" I think you got it right. That I think I chose true. Atletico for that reason.
1: <laughs> I was FIFA fanatics last episode before they transitioned to dissecting the pitch. So that's a yeah, that's a while ago. But uh, the uh, Miller's up one zero. We made twenty twenty Ballon d'Or predictions. So this was late twenty nineteen, maybe early twenty twenty, and someone picked Neymar Jr. Name, name who did out of it, it, on live show, obviously who who said yes one. Who picked Neymar <laughs> for the Ballon d'Or? Ballon d'Or, yeah, Ballon d'Or prediction. Someone picked Neymar Jr. As oh, I
2: think I think it's got to be Julian. No, it was you, Edwin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gareth was right. It was actually Julian.
2: Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Edwin chose Messi. Yeah. See, there we go. He, he see, Miller, this is the Miller, This is a trick question. You got caught in the trick question. There we go.
0: See, Gareth
1: used his brains right there. What a play by
0: him. What what a was terrible a- pick by Julian.
2: What a-
1: <laughs> no, that's why I picked Messi. Maybe this year I would have picked Neymar because the international tournament and all that. I did. I picked Messi last year. So I was, I was trying to trick you. I didn't think Gareth would get off the bat, but Gareth was right. I got so you. One, one, I got one. you. Uh, now, now uh, Miller, this one's a little bit of a hard course and I apologize, but it is what it is. Uh, who did Gareth dub as our unofficial fourth member of dissecting the pitch? He introduced this member as that.
0: Our unofficial fourth member.
1: Yep. Our unofficial fourth member.
0: <laughs> oh that's tough um it's like a person right yeah like that we know yeah okay
1: there's a smart choice
0: our unofficial fourth member yep dude i don't know
1: just throw out a just throw out a guess of someone who's been on the show just think about it that way
0: okay i'll just say julian
1: Gareth, you can have a steal, actually.
0: Uh,
1: I thought it was Julian, too.
0: I know Griffin's been on the show, I guess. You,
1: you said it jokingly, like, but you, you, on a podcast, I have evidence. I'm not going to play because I I, <laughs> I I, went through research, but you said our unofficial fourth member. Who, who
2: was it again? Uh, it must have been Jerry then. Bingo! Jerry Walker on on
1: the episode that you missed, Miller. <laughs> Gareth introduced him as our on- official fourth member i thought it was Jer- i
2: thought I said julian at first before jerry came on the show but uh but that that yeah no i remember saying that you might have
1: and i apologize if that's true but on the records and from what i can pull up on um, concrete <laughs> it was jerry walker from the and archives you said, you said it most recently so oh that's fair that's fair don't hate me uh gareth you always like to mention when people have a lot of lechuga uh they have a lot of hair for the our listeners on live air, you said uh, – Gareth said uh, this person had a lot of lechuga on him, so he needed the haircut. Who was it, Gareth, that you said had a lot of lechuga on them? I love how,
2: like, the answers. It's like it's like one of four people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's what makes it interesting.
2: Um, I'm going to say Jerry.
1: Uh, let me play the audio for that.
2: Yeah, just for reference, for those that are listening, Jerry had – a lot of uh lechuga you can
1: say you had a lot of lettuce going <laughs> i got it <laughs> that's right jerry did have a lot of lechuga on them so uh, and for those
2: that don't know what lechuga means it's it means uh hair in spanish
1: <laughs> that means lettuce, but I, you yeah,
2: you're on
1: now miller this one is gonna be a harder one this <laughs> is an older episode is what i'm warning you I mean, Which person live on air asked if Dale Earnhardt was still racing? It happened on a Dissecting the Pitch Show, where we were talking about a little bit of NASCAR here and there. And someone asked if Dale Earnhardt was still racing.
0: He's still racing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he meant Dale Earnhardt Senior. As a reference. It's it's it's, it's a hard one because it's a it's an older episode with older guests. So.
0: Dude, I don't know, Gareth. Do you? Do you want to steal son? I don't. I don't know what it is I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a guess for this.
2: I'm gonna guess it was Klopp. Harrison, Harrison Klopp. Klopp. That is right. The man. The, the man. We had on the
0: show. Oh my! <laughs> God.
1: Well, it was we only first, had like
2: four people. <laughs> oh
1: our two-hour edition of <laughs> dissecting the pitch with the Harrison <laughs> Klopp show. Where Harrison.
0: Oh, that was like the two-hour crossover episode. Yeah.
1: Yep. There you go. And oh, now, now I'm gonna follow up on that. Uh, I'm gonna skip a hard question. Uh, I'll just like to say a question I'm not gonna say because this, you no way you're gonna get it. But uh, Klopp said, Someone's my guy. I don't know if I would watch the Euros if he was not in it, and it, you know, it's very, it's very hard. But he was
0: talking about ham <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he always tells me he's like, He's from uh. I, it's Slovakia right that's right yeah. I think it's Sweden yeah. or
1: Slovakia one of those Slovakia. Yeah.
0: he's like I love the boys down in Slovakia <laughs>
1: <don't know> <laughs> so now uh before we go on to our next little section this one will should be quicker um it's uh we two points I'm gonna give it to you Miller first if you can get both of them but uh on that same show Harrison Klopp and Nick Zillerseek made their Euro picks of twenty of the twenty what was the twenty twenty tournament now twenty twenty one so who are the teams that uh, Nick and Harrison chose? So two teams here. Yeah, two different teams. They both said different teams. All the right, team? we'll
0: go with Germany for one of them. Okay. And for the other one, I'm gonna go with. <sighs> That's tough. I gotta really think about who Nick Sellers Singh would be backing here. Um. Let me just go with France. Let me go with Germany and France as my two.
1: Incorrect on both. Uh, Gareth, you have the chance to steal. Uh, Harrison Klopp called this team cheeky and overlooked for his pick. So if that helps
2: out. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I'm going to say Croatia and uh, the Netherlands.
1: It was actually Italy was picked by Harrison Klopp saying they were overlooked. It reminds him of the 2004 Greece team. Oh, well, Nick Seller saying <laughs> backed up Gareth Kwok and said it was Belgium as his pick. So,
2: oh, man.
1: So now this rapid fire – you know what, Miller? I'm going to give you a chance to win because, you know, Gareth clearly is winning by a bit. Now, yeah. this last little section, Gareth, trust me, if he doesn't get uh, all these right, you, you'll win. Uh, it's called ESPN FC or DTP. Gareth's favorite show in ESPN FC. He loves doing prep work with them. I'm going to say a quote, and you have to tell me if it was ESPN FC – one of us from DTP okay the first quote is I thought VAR was going to bring accuracy clarity and cut out horrible decisions what it's done is create a total mess
0: that has to be ESPN FC
1: absolutely it was ESPN FC from our boy Ian Drake so that's a point for Miller Uh, I'll give you another chance because this one to tie and then I'll go back to you Gareth if he ties it but I don't think he will Uh, this one says what happened what happened should have happened Man United was the far superior team to Granada.
0: See, the thing is, is I know I said this. Yeah, I'm just going to go with DTP. I'm going to go with DTP. But I'm sure they probably said it on ESPN FC too.
1: You said something similar, and that's why I, I baited you a little bit. But it was actually one of Gary's <laughs> favorite guy, Ali Moreno, who said it. <laughs> the word. So... uh that one three to two though. Three to two. I'll give Gareth a chance. See if he can Uh-oh. get it. If not, if not, you can steal it if you can name the person. I'll okay. give you that, Miller. Uh oh. Uh this this quote says he is a young and special player. With the rumors of Raul Jimenez leaving, I think he'll slot in there very well. Who said that? ESPNFC or DTP,
2: Gareth? Uh I'm gonna say ESPN FC.
1: Incorrect. So it was actually on DTP. Miller to get the point and tie. Who said it on DTP? It was talking about Fabio Silva if you didn't get the reference. I'm gonna go with me. Incorrect. That was our boy Garrett Clock
0: talking about <laughs> his own Wolverhampton. <laughs> we are
2: uh we are embarrassing so,
0: ourselves. I knew it wasn't you, Edwin. I knew it wasn't you, so I was trying to decide. And he never he never gives an opinion. So That's I was why like because
1: no one would expect Garrett Garethino Clock to say it. <laughs> We, so, oh, we're,
2: this is embarrassing. Our, our own show here. No, Miller, there's only two more. Biller, uh, I'll
1: let you go first in this one and see if you can tie it up. And then Garrett might get the deciding point last one. Maybe we'll see. But the quote is I think Man United will not be in the top four this season. Based, on, based off their moves, I do not see it happening.
0: I'm going to go with the ESPNFC.
1: Incorrect. It was actually DTP. And guess who said it? Uh, Gareth, I'll give you the point. I'll give you the point if you can guess I, it. I said that? No, guess who said it. It could be any three of us. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying, Yeah, I, I said it. Oh, absolutely no That was miller McKinney not believing in <laughs> his own
0: point. <laughs> I knew it. As, soon, as soon as you were like, no. I was like, it had to have been me.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about this? Uh, miller, you have the chance to win it again, Gareth. He's having
2: a rough time. We're going to give him the chance. <laughs>
1: Listen,
2: he, he, he's not ending he's not ending his basketball session on the make. These are all these all the misses. <laughs> exactly. So we're trying to set it up. Miller,
1: you can win this if you get both DTP or ESPNFC or who said it. And if it's ESPNFC, I'll give you options of who said it. I won't just throw you out of the loop. The quote said, I said it from the start and I'll stick with it. This this summer football's going to come home.
0: ESPN, no, no, I'm just kidding. DTP, give me DTP. And I think you said it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I,
0: it was a wow. little bit of an
1: easier one. I thought that's a softball question if I've ever seen yeah. one. No, uh, the thing is, I, Ian Drake said a very similar quote. I almost did it, but he, he said it's going to be hard for them and it's going to be tough. But it, I think this is the season where it's going to come home. So very close, but uh, Miller, you got the win, but Gareth didn't have as much opportunity. So
2: <laughs> Man, my man's had like put, like twenty putbacks. He could have all put them back in. Come on now. Listen, I Dwight
0: Howard just all over the boards, just grabbing our own <laughs> Exactly. I I had to
1: see if he would you would do it. He had a rough time. You can't you can't leave on a miss. That's all I had to say.
2: Gentlemen, that that was a great that was a great segment, by the way. Very, very, very creative, very, very fun. All right, ten seconds. Uh, your final thoughts, each each one of you. Uh,
1: Champions League football, Declan Rice, Jesse Lingard, and Tuma Susek is looking good, and
0: that's all I will say. <laughs> With United's moves, they're not going to make the top four of this season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a that's a perfect way to end this show. Thank you all for uh, for tuning in and for listening to this episode of Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com, as well as our podcast platforms on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For Miller McKinney and Edwin Perez, I'm Gareth Kwok saying so long. We'll see you all next time for our season finale. Have a good one.